Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He thought it was the young click. So we had to go on the missing list because he was on the he was on the prowl looking out for us. Who were the other interested parties? Manchester United. Fergie. Yeah, spoke to Fergie. It wasn't to do with the financial side of it or anything like that. He didn't want me in his team. He didn't want me around his dressing room. Get your boots and out the side door. So, not ideal. It would have been nice, but I didn't. Scored the winner against Barcelona. Yeah. On a high. At the time, you probably take it a bit for granted, but what, 20 odd years down the line now? It's um, in the books now. It's, it's in the books. Seven, seven and a half thousand Rangers fans in this two tiers, and they just start throwing sports, man. Hi, everyone. Welcome to 442. We've got a fantastic guest today, Liam. We have. We've got a proper baller, left foot wizard. Played for Newcastle, 29 games, 198 games for Bolton, scoring 42. Went on to Villa, 58 games, five goals. Went on to Celtic, 227 appearances, 41 goals. On to Leeds, five goals and 25 appearances. And a little double at Hartlepool, scoring one with seven appearances. We've got Alan Thompson. Wow, what a career. That's a career, that, that isn't is it? A career. That is a Proper career. career. And you forgot to mention England. Yeah, yeah. England yeah. International. Yeah. Didn't forget, you didn't give me a chance. Oh, right. we're coming to that. going to add that, will you? Okay. I, listen, I'm stats, I get this right. Of course you do, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, we've had a good game of golf, Tomo. <clears throat> yeah, enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, four and all, 20 oh, quid up. Not been paid yet, like you keep mentioning. Well, you did give us some balls. Well, yeah, <laughs> for fire down the fairway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you got a nice Celtic top, didn't you? Yeah, got a nice waterproof. Is it waterproof? No. Windproof. Windproof. Oh, well, it's nice. Green and white, though, right colour. John nicked the waterproof. Oh, did he? Yeah, before you got here. <laughs> yeah, I thought he would. I sounds about right for him. You did? I didn't. Well, I was you... given it, all right? Under them circumstances, I was <laughs> given it, but yeah, I'll hand it back if need be. No, no, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Anyway, let's start. Newcastle. I mean, what a... It must have been, a, obviously, a boyhood dream for yourself. Uh, getting going through the ranks at Newcastle, but finally to make your debut under the stewardship of Kevin Keegan as well as a manager, that must have been some feeling. Um, 
It's nice to see you've done your research, John, because my debut wasn't under Kevin Keegan. Aussie it was, it was under Aussie Ordealist. We are on fire. No, we're not. But yeah, you obviously haven't done your research on that one, John. My uh, debut was under Aussie Ordealist, who that was a bit special for me, being my hometown club. And uh, Aussie Ordealist, you know, a Tottenham legend, World Cup winner. So just to play for your, your boyhood clubs, a dream come true for me, but under a great manager as well. And then Kevin Keegan followed that. I was just going to say there, Kevin Keegan must have followed that. And... <laughs> but yeah. then tell me a story about your debut. Was there not a wee funny one involving Lee Clark well, on your was, debut? I was sub, um, so I wasn't I wasn't due to start. And a uh, good friend of mine still till to this day, Lee Clark, he, uh, he he fractured his foot, metatarsal, back in the back in the day before metatarsals. It was just a broken foot when we played, and then uh, but it was a metatarsal, and someone come in said. He's done his foot coming off the pitch at St James's uh, steps yeah. up to the dressing rooms and he was running up the steps, bang, and it went. So, manager comes in, Tom, where are you starting? So, it was great for me in a way. Nerves so have gone, man. You know, Charles, I didn't have the night before nerves and all that. It was just 10 minutes, kick off, bump, away you go. So, uh, it, was a, it was an odd debut, but one uh, I enjoyed. No time to think about it, straight into the fray. Aye. And again, but going out in front of that crowd. Yeah, being your team. Yeah, being your team as a kid growing up, you know, watch, from the Gallagher end, watching your Chris Waddles, your Kevin Keegan's, Imre Verardi's, Terry McDermott, Gaza after that and a little bit later. So the, to, to actually be on the pitch in front of that Gallagher end was a boyhood dream, definitely. And it must give you a good feeling now to see where the club is at the moment and where they look like they're going to be going as well because they're right in the mix now, aren't they? Yeah, especially as a, as a Geordie lad, a Newcastle fan. Um, had many, many tough years. Um, haven't won a trophy since '68 or '69, I think. So a long, long time from, and loyal, loyal supporters. So the due the what's come round for them now, and you know, reap the benefits hopefully of the the financial backing that's in the club to go on and put some silverware in the cabinet. When you think of the years gone by, like you said, they're real loyal supporters. You know, still can't get a ticket for the place, regardless of what league they're in, regardless of how they're going. Place is full week in, week out, isn't it? Yeah, it's been full for years since the stadium's been at the capacity it is. I think it's fifty two thousand now. And since it's been fifty two, I think it's been it's been full always. Maybe a couple of dodgy seasons when Mike Ashley was in charge where people boycotted and what have you. But um I think if it goes up to sixty, seventy thousand they'd fill it as well. Oh, it goes without saying, mm -hmm. but uh, exciting times in it for Newcastle. Yeah, great times, great manager. and as I said, the financial backing's there now. Um the club's progressing and and that's what you want as a fan. You want your club to progress. And, but silverware at the end of the day, them, them, them's the days that the fans want, the players want, Eddie Howe, the manager will want, um, or in the years to come, whoever the manager is, after Eddie and, and onwards, silverware for a club like that. So you kick on, you've made your debut, you've played a number of games now for Newcastle. You get that phone call, called in the manager office, I'd imagine, and you get told, listen, we've got a, a phone call here, Bolton Wanderers are in for you. Was that a big decision? Um, yeah, it was a big decision in terms of, you know, you, you're going to have to leave your hometown club and leave home. I was 19 year old, you know, I hadn't lived on my own before. I was living with my parents. So it was it, it was a tough decision to make. But when you look back on it now, footballing-wise, it was the right decision to make because I didn't break straight into the team at Bolton. I was in and out for a season or two, but um, a successful Bolton team and a club on the rise and I wanted to go and play football and that's what happened. You came in and made a big impression straight away, though. I mean, you were considering a young man coming in. You hit the ground running. You were uh, confident, I would say, in your own ability. We heard you before we seen you. Really? 
Aye, really. And but you were brilliant. You came in, you fed straight into the dressing room, didn't you? I mean, it was good. I think Brownie, Brownie probably saw the bigger picture. Kind of took you under his wing a little bit. Looked after you to a degree. Uh, what was the car you, you you came in on? Little Rover Metro. Little Rover Metro. Yeah. I remember that. Nice alloys it had on it as well. Yeah. Go faster stripes, alloys. Didn't have the stripes, but it had the tuned pipes on it. Like so, you heard. That's probably how you heard us before you seen us. <laughs> But uh, no, it was, it was a great dressing room to come into, but I'd been part of, since I've been a young age at Newcastle and even before that Walls End Boys Club as a kid, it's a good ground and, you know, and then leave school, join Newcastle and you're working with men, so, and, you know, you're brought up around doing the right things and, and stuff like that, so um, just going into the Bolton dressing room, it was a bit, Newcastle was the same, I played with, when I was a kid watching, not not when I was a fan, when I was a player at Newcastle, the likes of Brian Kilclain, Kevin Sheedy, Kevin Dillon, Kevin Brock. They were men, you know, it was a yeah. dressing room full of men, Roy Aiken, Mark McGee for a spell. So we were brought up around good pros and, and, and good people, like, you know, so, and Bolton was much the same when I got to Bolton. There was good pros and, and, and good people around the club. I'm going to bring you back to Newcastle. So, major debut, John, Ozzy Ardiles. Did he mention Maradona much? No. No? Hardly ever mentioned them, if ever. I've oh. seen them a few times since. I've done a couple of uh, functions with them. And uh, even even back then, because I can't remember the 78 World Cup. I've seen footage of it now. But I, I, 82 was the first World Cup I could remember. So um, I knew he was a World Cup winner, Aussie, um, but didn't realise that Maradona. I knew Maradona was his teammate, but I didn't realise they were best mates. So, so going back uh, at Newcastle, though, you were saying we were men. I'm getting it right now. Is it Brian... Kill Klein. Yeah. Killer. He went QPR. Killer. Also, he went... Coventry City. Coventry City, Newcastle. I, I know QPR. he was captain of Coventry yeah. when they won the FA Cup. When yeah, they that's right. Yeah. Is he the big lad like Longer and Tash? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's big right. killer, yeah. 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 Is there a story about him in the pre-season where someone actually uh, did something to the Tash or his it, ponytail? It was, it was the end of the season. It was the end of the season trip. And um, we went to Ayanapa. We were only like. What was he doing going nine up at that? <laughs> well, it was a, it was it was one of those you had to go like end of the season trip, you know. So um, we had a few drinks as you do. The season's finished, and um, he'd fell asleep killer in the hotel or the, the digs where we were staying. It might not have been a hotel; it was just like an apartment block. And he fell asleep after a few scoops, and some, some he had a big tash, as you said, long hair, big tash killer. But is it a big for oh, people who've not three, He's solid, a big yeah, unit big in it. Old style centre off, yeah. you know, just headed it and kicked it. That's all he'd done, killer. And uh, but he was good at it. Someone shaved half of his tash off, and when he come round, he realised. And his hair and his tash were his pride and joy, and his missus's pride. Even and though joy. he looked a mess. No, he, 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 <laughs> I'm going to say that. I hope you don't. I don't he, mean he, 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 he would disagree with that. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. you don't want to see him and yeah. say that to him because he's grew it back now. And uh, he thought it was obviously myself. Lee Clark, Steve Watson, Robbie Elliott. He thought it was the young lads who. So you were like drunk. a young clique who were loud we were and brash and coming through. We didn't really socialise with them. We went and done our own thing at you know whatever kind of bars and clubs we went to. They would go to a different setup really. So he thought it was the young clique. So we had to go on the missing list because he was on the he was on the prowl looking out for us. Oh, so we, that were it. He was sobered up, bomb, yeah, looking the, for you. But then the first team coach was Derek Fazakli. Derek had to calm him down and explain to him. It wasn't the young lads. It was a senior pro. So we got off with it. Killer actually turned his attention then to who it was. So, um, But not only did they get the wrath off Killer, when they landed back at Newcastle Airport, his missus wasn't happy either. So the lad who'd done it got double whammied. Who did it? Oh, you took the words uh, right out of my mouth. I, I, I don't know if I can say. Of course you can. Um, ex, 
Sunderland, ex Liverpool, ex Newcastle. Venison. I'm not saying his name, I'm just saying the clubs he played for. Yeah, it's He was jealous of his hair. I might be wrong, I might be wrong, but I'm, un I'm understood that it was Barry Venison, yeah. Right. So, Newcastle, did anyone take you under the wing when you first started coming through? Um, sure, there must be older pros who like, like an apprentice, like somebody's um, got a rank. No, as, as I mentioned before, we had a, we had a great group that likes, uh, you know, Mark McGee, Roy Yick and um, Kevin Brock, Kevin Dillon. Kevin Sheedy, who was a hero of mine growing up, he was a he had a left foot, he was didn't a he? wide man, left footed, similar, yeah. very similar to me, not very quick, but left footed. So Sheeds was a great lad, and no, they were just as a bunch. You know, we got invited out on a night out in Newcastle and stuff like that. You know, they were having a few pints after training. They come on, get the young lads along for a few scoops and. Yeah. Back in the day, that was fine, wasn't it? Acceptable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore now, I don't But think do you think so. it should do for a better bonding and more team spirit? Well, I think, I'm not sure about bonding and team spirit. I just think it just brought people together and I don't know if it would happen now at the right time. I can't see why it does any harm if, if you're going out on a Tuesday and having a few beers in the afternoon and you're not training on Wednesday, you know, or going out for some food. I can't see it doing any harm. I think social media's killed that, though. Well, they yeah. really do. I, ah, think, I think it's a case it's of... It's different. It's different now. You look at it, you know, it doesn't look good at times, does it? You imagine the boys are out having a pint, enjoying themselves on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, but I, even looking back at it, though, John, like at Bolton, we would go out and even once or twice a night before a game, Colin Todd would take us for a, for a drink and let us have a couple of halves. Didn't want us to sit in a pub and have a pint because he didn't think the pint looked right in front of Pants. on the night before. But... One, you have one a glass time, of wine or a half, could you? He would let we have a couple yeah. of halves, yeah, not a problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's relaxation. Best of both worlds in that, isn't it? Well, a couple of halves and a bit of crack and a bit of wine. Again, it was togetherness, wasn't it? It, it was about now. keeping people together. I just think when Toddy done that, Colin Todd, I just think it was something he did as a player when Cluffy was manager at Forest. Not all, not every game, by the way, this would happen, but certain games, if he felt the atmosphere was a bit tense, so we'd had a, not a great result the week before and he's just wanted to relax the players and stuff, he, he would allow that, yeah. I'm just going to get a bit personal, because I'm a fan, I'm cheeky. You went to Bolton for £200,000? Yeah, 250. 250. 250. What were your wages then, at Bolton? First wages? I think it was about five or six hundred pound a week. I think you're yeah. joking me. Yeah, yeah. I think God, I bet that. fans looking in now and not have a clue at that. Yeah, I think it was about five or six hundred when I first come here, and then I think I'd done well after a couple of years, and I signed a, a new contract after that. But when I first went, it was about five or six hundred. Did you get looked after when you started playing well consistently? Yeah, yeah. When when I started playing and scoring and assisting, I mean, made loads of John's goals for John as well. Like you know, didn't I, John? You did one or two. Plenty. Uh, no, but seriously, yeah. Now we've got looked after and got a new contract and you get rewarded well, for Would you it. have an agent back in that day? Um, or would you do it yourself? First time round when I signed a new contract. When I went to Bolton, no, I didn't have an agent. When I signed a new contract, I had an agent. And yeah, because when you start doing well and you start playing games... It's going to be scouts, because Bolton did do well, didn't they? Yeah, the people runs and that. So yeah, I had an agent when I renewed my contract. Especially at your age, you need somebody really to show you the way to go and also yeah. there was add-ons and stuff like that you wouldn't normally ask for. Yeah. So an agent probably at that time paid his own way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think senior pros as well can be a yeah. help, you know, get Newcastle lad called David Kelly. Gives you know, used to give the young lads advice all the time, you know, start your pension as quickly as you can when you leave school and you start earning a wage and stuff like that. Was he a forward? Centre forward, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he played yeah. quite a lot of places. Yeah, he scored didn't he? a lot of goals and played for a lot of clubs. So you know, senior pros can help young lads as well, you know. Right, because I'm, I'm just thinking, what would I do? I were younger on five, six hundred quid a week. Back then, it would have been good. You've, your money's gone up. 
I'm not going to be cheeky enough. Well, I will ask you what did it go up to, but what did you do with your first wage packets when you think, wow? Because um, you're young, aren't you? So you watch course, it today now. You... Yeah, no, when I... When I oh, you must have changed your car, when surely. I, when I, I must have changed my car. I, I would have done that, definitely, yeah. Um, I think uh, when, I, when I first got my first signing-on fee, decent signing-on fee, I went and bought myself a watch. So I like I liked nice watches and stuff like that, so I went and treated myself to a watch. You were quite big on clothes. Um, Not bad it was, but you were in there all the time. I, I, I like my clothes, I but... Not, not to be flashy. You always look like, but you like well, your clothes. Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it, I had some absolute Rascals. disasters. <laughs> but, you know, you try, don't you? You try, and at the time, at the time, you, you think you're good because yeah. you've got a big D&G sign on your top. And you think it's you. right at the time, don't you? Yeah, and, and looking back on it now, you just think, what was I thinking? You know. A badge with sleeves. Aye. Aye. I mean, you weren't the best. Let's get I it right. Good, I'm glad. No, I'm not sure if you did, John. Howard, John. John, you weren't the best. I look good. No, I, I'm He's come down from the Highlands, man. He's come down from the Highlands, hasn't he? I got a picture at my mum's house. John went to the Irish Centre where my mum's like a bouncer for the Irish Centre, and there's a picture of him because she met, she brought it up of a week, and he's in this. It's like an Everton mint, black and white stripe suit blazer. <laughs> well, if you remember the film Beetlejuice, yeah, it was shocking. Right, I think, I've not seen a shirt like that or a blazer. I think Frank Worthington used to wear it for about fifteen years. Okay, unless you got off Frank. <laughs> Might have got better, might have been well, a hand good. It worked good, but well, in the day it might the, have been. The, the funny thing is, at that time, that would have been okay. It would have been acceptable. It might look stinking now, but at that time, Brownie used to be well, the one. Well, I, I was yeah. just going to say, I what wasn't was the, the worst, by the yeah. way. I what was the jackets Brownie used I, to wear? I don't know where he used to get them. Jesus. But he had some I mean, he was rotten. Yeah. Right, so we mentioned Brownie, though. We've already touched on it on the golf course. He took you under his wing, didn't he? Brownie did, yeah. 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 He was was uh, that a good or a bad thing? At times good, at times bad. But, For um, what reason? Nah, Give us nah. some more. No, you no, can't. Nah. I'm not sitting on the on, fence. On, on, the, on the whole, Brownie was very good he for me. Good. He looked after us. He did. He on good. and off the pitch. Let us move into his house um, for a period of time, which not many captains would do that. Um, but being from the same neck of the woods as me, the North East, the, uh, there was a connection there straight away, yeah. He always seems to me as like a, a proper good pro. He was a great skipper. Yeah, he? Ah, he was. He was, he was one of the best, Brownie. Um, he could be annoying at times because he'd, he'd have a row on the pitch just to get a reaction from you, Brownie. Oh, so he knew what he was doing. Oh, then. yeah, lots. So of that's t- clever, uh, then, isn't it? He did. He, he would do things and say things to see a reaction. So it was no surprise that he went on to become a, a coach and a manager down the line. No surprise at all. My opinion, he should have played at a far higher level than he did. Yeah. Well, I, I think I only got him when he was about thirty-four. So I don't think he was the quickest, was he? Well, he certainly wasn't when but I... he was clever. Yeah. He, he was clever. He, he's passing he, he, he brilliant. Passing, he could... Into your feet. Yeah. I mean, he would, he would look at, say, Didsy wide, yeah. and he would play inside. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a great football in Brownie. Brownie. Yeah. yeah. You were saying there, with Newcastle, you had real men in the changing rooms. Mm-hmm. You had some big bruises at Bolton as well, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was you know... Jamie just... Pollock was a big lad. Taggart... Jamie, Jamie was the same age as me, Jamie, so we were very similar ages. But then, you know, Jimmy Phillips, um, Mark Patterson, Keith Brannigan and Gold. So, yeah, we, we had we had men in the team, didn't we? We did. We, we, did. Were, we were tough. I mean, to be fair, it was a dressing room full of captains, wasn't it, yeah, really? It was, it Leaders, was, yeah. proper men. It was, it, was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, Stubbsy. Stubbsy. Oh, yeah, second, second, player, second, second biggest moan I ever played with. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, Stubbsy was. I was a big. He's like a moan. Oh, Stubbsy did, didn't he? A well, mourner's well, a crap. It's harsh for him because he was the, the the one like John. John would cause a riot in a telephone box. Were you a mourner, John? I wasn't a mourner. There's a lot coming out today. I'll tell you now, I wasn't a mourner. Stubbsy could mourn about mourning. 
Yeah, Stubbsy was right. You I weren't wasn't. bad. You weren't three bad, John. But you're not thinking standards. I mean, it's just that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Could say that. Thank you. Oh, mix with Pat Alinan now. <clears throat> Big Mixo, yeah. Looked like a wrestling match with him, would you? No, he's a powerful fella, Mixo, wasn't he? Strongest man in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Have you seen the quiet one? Like, no. Doesn't... No, no, mix no. it. No. Good mix it. Mix it. Good mix it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Jim will fix it. But if he, if he gave you if he gave you that look, you knew, didn't you? The yeah, big, yeah. Like, the moose. Yeah. Big moose. Big so moose, he could yeah. join in with a crack. I feel like he was a man. What watching from the terraces? A big man. No, mix had a good sense of humour. He had a good sense of humour. Mix it. Mix it. Brilliant. Sociable, yeah, like really the pint. Good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Just a great mix, wasn't it? Aye. Yeah, really good mix. You had a great yeah. team, though, didn't you? Some cup run, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Loads of cup runs. Yeah, had a few yeah, cup runs. Of cup runs. Yeah. Which was your famous ground going to? Um, I think, for me, it was uh, <coughs> what I call a cup semi-final. Um, was it? Swindon. Swindon, yeah. I think getting through that and getting to the a cup leg. final. Yeah. And getting getting to a cup final at Wembley, you know, against Liverpool. Is that the one where it went on? Did it get postponed leading up to it? And they had to go again. Yeah, I think it did. Did it? It's, I think uh, it did, yeah. I mean, the obvious one would be when Bolton, when they won at Anfield, when Dizzy crossed it, you scored ahead, I didn't you? Yeah, well, that, you that was, I wasn't that. there then. No, I hadn't no, signed. No. But that, that was the start of a, a good cup run because we went to Arsenal after that as well, didn't you? But that Swindon game in particular, 2-1 down after the first leg. Yeah. We get back to Burnham Park. Fjortov scores the goal, yeah. which puts them 3-1 up. And yeah. it looks like, nah. Mm. And we were struggling to get going that night. Yeah. And it was Mixu coming off the bench with yeah. Richard Sneaks, I think. Both yeah. them came on. And Mixu hit that worldie, didn't he? he? Off that, Banger with his off left that foot, pitch. Yeah. And the pitch was, All a, that pitch, it yeah. was a sponge, you know what yeah. I mean? But the big man, he's cleaned it from 30 yards mm -hmm. and that got us going. Yeah. And that's the best goal he's probably ever scored, isn't it? It was an important He won't have scored many better than that. Mm. And then you at the death had the free kick. Yeah. And mine, it rattled off. Oh, I think it was their striker. I can't remember his name offhand, but it rattled and it came through, and I was lucky enough to get on the end of it and aye, got, aye, us to, got us to Wembley. I'll take an assist for yeah. that. <laughs> but in saying that, one of the, for me anyway, looking at you've scored some unbelievable goals with that left wand, and at Wembley against Liverpool, that volley, I don't think it gets, because we didn't win the game, yeah, it probably doesn't get yeah. the credit it deserves. Yeah, I think you know what I mean? if, if you go on to win, it, it probably, well, it would get a lot more credit, but it, it, it was a decent strike. Well, 2-0 down when I scored as well, don't forget. 2-0 so down. It was a consolation. Swivel, top corner, yeah. and remember, he pulled a world save off you as well before that, didn't he? the first half of my yeah. right foot, David James, yeah, who I went on to play with down the line but yeah that was a great save in the first half because it's one of them when you hit it you think it's in Boom. but he, he just gets something on it and tips it onto the bottom I've got a great story about that final so the week before Bolton played Millwall away and at that time I were apprentice myself so I was only on about 100 quid a week so I got my mum to queue up outside Burnham which she forgot to get the last tickets of the open sale so I went watching Bolton we won 1-0 you scored yep Showed your ass, I think, to the Millwall no, fans. I, didn't, I, didn't I think you, no, you did. I, didn't. I think no, you I did. I wouldn't dare. It weren't that big then. <laughs> <laughs> but I got back and the old tickets are sold out. So I'm like, Mum, what happened? She went, Well, well, I forgot. So I had to go down and I got Olympic gallery box, which back at the old Wembley, I don't oh, even yeah, remember. Up in the, up in right the in the grandstand, yeah, they're yeah, about four yeah. seats long. 160 quid back in the day. Wow. So it were like a week and a half's wages. And it were full of scouts. <laughs> And me. Olympic gallery yeah. box. But well, I remember I remember that, yeah. that finals uh, mixed with Pat, Pat Allen had a chance straight after the second half. I think you crossed it in and he just had a chance yeah. to get on target. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, on that day, 
the difference was Steve McMahon. It was, was it? Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he was on fire that day. He gave us a bit he of a run around. Scored two good goals, and didn't he? Scored yeah. two great goals, two good finishes, if you're fair. And and that was a difference. But we were in that game. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't much between us yeah. really. When you look at between it, between the teams, considering you know we were a division below. So a championship side. You know yeah. they are a team full of internationals. You Probably know, so. going to change it up a bit. I don't mean to. After that game, you're at Wembley. You've still got the league to contend to contend with, haven't you? Yeah. Was that not hard to get going again? We kind of stumbled a little bit, didn't we? I mean, towards the end I, of the I, season. I think, I think if we would have gone to Wembley against Liverpool in the Coca-Cola Cup and got a doing and got beat 4-5, or five, yeah. that might have knocked your confidence. But the fact, like John just said, there wasn't a lot between the two teams on the day. <laughs> Steve McManaman had a world-class performance and then he moves later down the line, you know, the Real Madrid and what have you, because he was a top player. So there wasn't a lot between no. the teams. So, But then we just kicked on and... and Back at Wembley, weren't we then? I mean, we were pretty much guaranteed a playoff place then, anyway. So it was a matter about playing out the rest of the season. Yeah. But what's your thoughts on going back to Wembley so quick? Because it was only like six weeks yeah, in between us. Six, seven weeks it was in between us playing in the Coca-Cola yeah. Cup final and then going back for the playoff I know, I know it didn't, didn't start particularly well, the playoff final. Did it, hell? it didn't start well at all. You know, we're backs against the wall. We're, you're on the verge of getting a pump, and really, um, Branny makes a penalty save, and so it was. I don't know if it was a bit of a hangover from the Coca-Cola Cup final or what, but it, it took us a while to get going. But we, we did, and eventually managed to get. For me, that's a way to get promotion. I got promoted twice: once as a uh, playoffs and once as champions. I know champions is it's good because you've you've got the medal and you can relax. But to go up in the playoffs is a, it's some way of going up, especially two 0 down after twenty minutes. I suppose, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Playing Brazil, weren't we? I mean, they were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Redding came the, out and we couldn't get near them. They played good football, we, didn't they, Redding? We could not get within a yard of them. Yeah. And everything we tried didn't come off. And again, for me, Keith Brannigan, the save doesn't get enough credit. Is it no, not the save on the rebound? Did he not miss the rebound? No, they, did, they, don't, they put it straight over the bar. Do they? Yeah, it was pressure. Big Stubbs, he got back in, I think, and made made a bit of a challenge and it went straight over the bar but yeah. the penalty save was, was tremendous it really, and that gave us the boost didn't it aye that gave us a boost and I think there was a few harsh words said at half time and you know but do you remember that though we sprinted off the pitch mm -hmm. and if you remember the boss came boss came, didn't come straight in he knew we were in there having a having a, having a yeah, pop and was, sorting yeah. things out ourselves. Mm -hmm. so yeah. and yet I can vision them you know cracking the door yeah. like and saying yeah. nah nah wait a minute let, mm -hmm. them, let them crack mm -hmm. on and, yeah. and get it sorted yeah. Then when he came in, we were all expecting the yeah. we'll get we'll get the wall mm -hmm. painted here and yeah. he was great. He was calm, wasn't he? And, yeah. and yeah. he was all good. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you enjoyed it there at Bolton, didn't you? Loved it. Loved it. Honestly, wouldn't swap it for the world. And um as I said on the golf course, I, I knew Toddy and Toddy knew me. So um that was it was something I wouldn't I wouldn't change for the world. So you managed to play at Burnden and at the Reebok. <coughs> it's a question coming from Craig Massey on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Which ground did you prefer playing? Um, there was something about Burnden. There's just something about it. I had an aura about it. You know, it was, it was a shit. All the dressing rooms were shocking, and you know, I mean, our dressing room wasn't too bad. The away team dressing room, Jesus. We used to have a little head tennis court just outside the dressing rooms where we used to. The crack on there was second to none. Me, John, Owen, Coyle, Big Aidan Davison loved the game. Brownie loved the game. Stubbsy. The banter was stubsy. Yeah. The banter was brilliant, and it was Did just that out the team spirit. That, yeah. that yeah. took us onto the pitch. Yeah, that we took that out of the onto the pitch from the dressing room. Well, was... let me get. So the home dressing room had a few comforts, nice yes. and bonny. Yeah. 
and the away team dress was a shithole. Absolutely. Is that yeah, as sure. black and white as that? Yeah. Concrete. Yeah. Would that not, if you went in there as a away player, you'd be like, right, I'm having this. No. More. I think it was oh. the other effect. Yeah. I think it annoyed yeah. people because. I think the boys would go in as well, the apprentices, and on the afternoon of a game, say it was a midweek game, they would be in there with the hose yeah. on the floor down and everything. So when you came in at half six, say, the floor was still soaking wet. So when you were getting changed and your, yeah. you know, it would annoy you, your feet would be wet, your socks yeah. are wet. It's psychological like, game, it, isn't it? Honestly, it, it got people in the wrong frame of mind, I can yeah. promise you. Yeah, Burnden had something about it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, all the creature comforts, the modern comforts at, at, at the Reebok. Mm. But um, Burnden had something about it, the history and that, you know. Well, he's also asked a great question. So, you could go back, play in the team you did with John, David Lee, McAteer, Stubbs, or would you like to go forward and play it with, like, a Campo or Kocha, Hero? Oh, listen, they're top players, you know, Champions League winners and what have you, you mentioned there. But, um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the team I played in. You wouldn't? Yeah, no, I still still got friends from that team now and, you know, st probably still always will have. So, um, no, I wouldn't change it, no. But you, them players you've mentioned, world-class players, you know, played for but the country. But they're not going to say crack, though, have they? Eh, I, I don't know. I didn't play with them, so I'm not sure what the crack was. But even even the, some of the people, Gary Speed, God bless them, no longer with us, you know, th there was still men in that dressing room as well as top players. So the season the Reebok opened, you scored the first goal. But, what about that's debatable. Well, yeah. it's debatable because what we had on uh, last week, isn't it, John? Yeah. Go on. Well, we had Phil Dowd on, obviously, yeah. uh, ex-referee, and he was actually on the line. The first game we played at the Reebok was against Everton. When Jerry scored the when header. Jerry scored, and it was a good yard over yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. it so comes to light that Phil was on the line of the goal. Yeah. Well. So... Yeah, I mean, he was embarrassed, to be fair, and a little bit aggrieved about it because he's had a lot of stick mm -hmm. throughout the years for it. But uh, it so came to light as well that he was also officiating in the last game of the season for Everton. Wow, I didn't know that. And possibly could have missed a, a decision then as well. Right. So it's funny how things work out, well, isn't it? It's costly, isn't it? You know, but costly. For yourself, though, I mean, you've scored in the last game at Burnden Park. Mm-hmm. And you've scored the first goal at the Reebok Yeah, season. yeah. You know, people mention that and at the time you probably take it a bit for granted, but what, 20-odd years down the line now? Um, it's in the books now. It's, it's in the books, so yeah, it's something they can't take away from Something me. to be proud of, it really is. Yeah, it is. Oh, without a doubt, because we used to pass there, the Reebok, as oh. it was going up brick by brick. Oh, so you've seen it. To, yeah. get, to get from where I live, to get to training ground in Chorley, Exton. We, we passed that and we watched it, and, you know, to score the first goal and you've seen it getting the foundations put in from day one. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty special, yeah. But time moves, playing well. Aston Villa come calling. Time for a change, was it? Bolton just got relegated. Yeah, Bolton got relegated and, you know, I'd had a taste of playing against the, you know, Premier League and stuff like that. So, um, there was there was quite a lot of interest and in, uh, ended up at Villa, yeah. Who were the other interested parties? Uh, I spoke to, at the time, Manchester United. Fergie? Yeah, spoke to Fergie when he was in the south of France. I thought it was a wind-up when my house phone went and he was on the phone. <laughs> Didn't I, I was, Come off it. No, no, I swear on me, on me three kids' lives. Uh, you were sat at all, minding your own business, and, and Fergie he, rings. He, he rings me from the south of France. Come yeah. on, so, the phone call. Uh, no, I thought it was a wind-up. I thought, you know, <laughs> Glaswegian, Scottish accent type of thing. I'm thinking, aye, aye. You know, <laughs> McGinley, Coyle, I'm thinking someone's at it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, But eventually I got round to the fact that it was him, so... Yeah, I spoke to United and at the time Blackburn, Roy Hodgson was manager of Blackburn, they were going well. 
Um, George Graham was manager of Leeds at the time, sport of them. So there was Martin O'Neill was manager of Leicester at the time, sport of them. So it was a, there was a lot of interest. How um, you turned out United then? Or was it because they had Ryan Giggs? They had Giggsy, and he kind of said, look, you're coming in as, as cover type of thing, um, it, and you're not going to be my number one wide man, but Giggsy needs to come out of the team for whatever reason, arrest, or he's injured, then, you know, you'll, you'll be playing. So I'd already been injured and missed a lot of football. Your character's been. already said you just want to play football, don't you? Yeah, I just wanted to play football, and uh, it wasn't to do with the, with the financial side of it or anything like that. It was just I wanted to play football, and... Uh, I just didn't, the, the fact that I was going to be cover for gigs, he just didn't strike the right notes with us. And then I went to Villa and uh, Fergie signed Jesper Blomqvist. He was, he was the one that he went yeah, for yeah. after me, yeah. 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 So what made Villa stand out amongst all the rest of the interests? What made Villa stand out? Um, I'm not too sure, really. I mean, there were, Apart from money. There, there, there wasn't, it wasn't the money. There wasn't hardly any difference between the wages between Man United and, and Villa. Right. I just thought I had more chance of playing at Villa than what I did at United. Um... So it was it was predominantly that. I mean, Villa were going places though. Um, I mean, my first season at Villa were top of the league at Christmas, top of the Premier League at Christmas. So we, we started well. It went didn't went a bit tits up after that, but we started very well. And there was there was quality in that dressing room. Merson, Collymore, Southgate, Ekiog, centre offs, Bosnich, David James, goalkeepers, Gary Charles. You know, we, we had players who were who had you know potential to go on and win the Premier League, but we well, didn't. John Gregory, wasn't it? John Gregory, yeah. Um, and they were spending money, you know. I'd come in, Steve Watson, my mate, come in. Steve Stone come from Forest for seven and a half million. Benito Carbone come in. George Boateng. So it was, you know, it was... It was, was some it was, talent. It, there was, there was a lot of talent, yeah. A lot of talent. Ginola comes in. So... Oh, we've know. chatted about him, haven't we? Yeah, we've Did... chatted about David. So, no, it was... Let's say it again, it was... though. Great footballer, great person, great uh, great body, little Willie. Yeah, watch, 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 watch on the golf course. It wasn't little, it just, just yeah. said it wasn't massive. Oh, all right, well, Mark Swiss said it. Maybe not to speed the streamings, right. but yeah. uh, well, I'll tell you what, the guy had everything for God's sake. Like oh, he was said. a player, he was yeah. a player. Started off well at Villa, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it went well, it went well. Well, I missed the penalty on my debut, my home debut at Villa Park. Um, but then uh, I scored a free kick in the second half to redeem myself a little bit. John Gregory, get on with him. Um... No, not really. Um, we didn't say eye to eye. Is that straight away then, considering he spent four and a half million on you? Um, I think it, at the beginning it started off all right, and then I don't, I'm, you know, don't want to go into too much detail, but it just didn't. Uh, sometimes you just don't click with people, and him and I didn't really click. So Personality-wise? Um, yeah, I think so. Bit of that, bit of form. Got injured after Christmas, done my ankle ligaments, and then didn't really recover from that then, and then had to move on, got shipped out. But that happens, you know, it happens. I think as a fan, we see that getting shipped out, but there must be a process of that where they start doing things to mess with you, just feel like, right, I've had enough here, I want to go myself. Um, I didn't, it wasn't really like that. It was it was more a case of I wanted to go out and play. Um, Keep I, I, coming I, back to that. That's all you want to do is play, don't you? I, I was I was on the borderline being paralysed when I was 16. So I, I, I don't want to sit in the stands and watch football. And that's the last... 12 months at Villa, that was what I was doing and I couldn't take much more, so I wanted to get out and go and play football. I think when you've got that attitude that every game's a bonus, like yeah. you said, mm -hmm. you just want to play football. Yeah, well, you know and, what it's and like. And not just want to play football, you want to be loved as well and yeah. you want to be part of something. It, it, to get paid for playing something you've, you've always wanted to do, it's just unbelievable. I mean, 
you think at the time it's going to last forever. You think you're going to go on till you're, you know, yeah. 45, 50, but you're not. And you don't, you finish. So I was finished early, but I wouldn't change it. So the phone call comes in from Celtic. Yeah, well, as, as I said before, Martin O'Neill was Leicester manager when I was mm -hmm. leaving Bolton and he tried to sign us at Leicester. So he obviously, he, he fancied us because he tried to sign us at Leicester. And then once he come back in and, and it had gone pear-shaped at Villa, it was a no-brainer for me to go and play for him at Celtic. So Celtic came in, was there any other interest at that time? There was one or two, um, but not on not on that level, not on the level of Celtic, no. You seem to me, Alan, like a player who wants to play, but if on all different personalities want a bollocking, armour, you like praise your armour and you, you're that kind of yeah, player. I, I'd take a bollocking. If I needed one, I would take one. I wouldn't go sulking if I got bollocked. I'd just try and respond. Um, I think that's the best. You don't go sulking in the corner if someone's dug you out. If you if you deserve to get dug out, you deserve to get dug out. But don't get me wrong, who doesn't love an arm round them? That's what I mean, you know like, trying to get you yeah, twice. I, I, mean. I loved an arm round me shoulder. I've done something well or I've made a goal or scored a goal or something like that. Um, but I could take a bollock all day long, yeah. This Celtic career, I don't know where to start because it's just, one, <laughs> it's going to go down as a legend for a long time. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Time. <laughs> really? We're going to go down as a true yeah. legend for the Celtic supporters. So obviously moving up to, to Glasgow, uh, obviously the family, everyone moves up there. You settle in quickly, hit the ground running. First old firm game. Got a red card. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know. He's done his homework on this one. He's done his research on this one. He's done his research on the Newcastle no. days. Oh, he's but, done I mean, his research on Celtic though. Explain the pressures of an old firm game. Oh, it's just it's just something unless you've experienced it, which I'm no doubt you have. No, I have. Have you? Have you? I, I, well, Gary Hooper, but, but three to, goals. To a lot of the audience who are probably are watching this or listening to this, unless you've experienced either as a fan or as a player, it's difficult to explain. The atmosphere is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's a bit different now because I think they only allow five hundred or a thousand yeah. opposing fans in. But back in the day, whether Rangers were coming to Celtic Park or Celtic were going to Ibrox, you'd get a full end. I've done my research. You get seven and a half thousand each. Seven and a half thousand each. So that, that makes for a hell of an atmosphere and it's just unbeatable. I played in some big stadiums, big atmospheres, but that's something else. But what's different with Rangers Celtic is it's not that day. It, it's build up to it, isn't it? Day, day, I think and day. It's and a build day. up, and it's the days after it's it the as aftermath well. As well. Yeah, I think it's. it's uh, I think it's. It's more after than what it is before. Tell us a story. Celtic Park playing Rangers, trying to take a corner. 
oh man, I was taking a corner at the Rangers then. So as you've just said, seven, seven and a half thousand Rangers fans in this two tiers, front and top. And they just start throwing spuds, man. <laughs> I mean, from, I mean, anyone being to Celtic Park, the top, well, top high, tiers, like that yeah. steep and high. And they just started coming down. And one of them hits me on the napper. Game over. And isn't you're going to laugh about it. Now, I find it fun. I know it's wrong. I, didn't, I, didn't I know take it's the wrong. Corner. I didn't even take the corner. I just ran towards the middle of the pitch to get out of the way of these spuds, man. Yeah. Somebody else I find it. that yeah. funny, though. I, do. I know I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. I find it funny, man. Yeah. But it, like, they were just taking the piss out of the potato famine, weren't they? So yeah. that was their idea of banter. So, yeah. how, how tough was it to live in Glasgow? I mean, obviously, it's cut down the middle 50 50. Glasgow's yeah, great. I mean, Rangers. I mean, it's like. It, it's great. It's a great city, Glasgow, and it's great people. Um, but there's a time and a place to to, to be seen out and about, you know. Yeah. So, um, but it was a great city, and you, I could count on one hand the amount of times that you know you would get abused in the street or you know something's happened. So, so you wouldn't. Not very often, to be honest. Is that because you know where to go, or is that not the case? Can you go anywhere in the city? I wouldn't say you could go anywhere. You you can't go anywhere, but you, you you get sounded out quickly and you find out where to go and where not to go, yeah. That's something. Now, I'm going to go back to Celtic. You, I won't even know where to start for good nights you've had. You scored the winner against Barcelona. Yeah. On a high. And I'm not having a pop at the Scottish League. It's just what it is. Playing against Barcelona, scoring. How would you get up for it? Playing... Falkirk? Because you have to go and win the league. You cannot... Well, you do lose games, but if you lose a game, if you play for Celtic or Rangers, you're under scrutiny straight away. So you, you, you had to be up for it. You couldn't not be. If you weren't up for it, you weren't in the team. Simple as that. So Martin O'Neill will be all over that? Because it's oh. got to be hard for you and a player and Martin O'Neill. I would imagine the fans will let you know straight away. Yeah. There's a, there's a demand when you play for a club that size. There's ex expectation levels on you. And as I said, you don't want to read, pick the papers up the next day or someone ring you and say, this is in the papers, that's in the papers about your performance. So you have a pride of what you, how you performed on the pitch, how you prepared for the games. And of course we lost games. All good teams lose games, but predominantly we were at it, right at it. Did you realise how big <clears throat> Celtic was? Um, I knew it was big. I knew how big it was. I knew how big Rangers was at Celtic. But you, not until you're in the dressing room and, you, and you're around the city and you, you, you speak to people who know the history of the club, it's phenomenal. It is. I, I go around the world now at supporters functions, supporters clubs, because the, 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 the fan base is worldwide. It's massive. What I am going to say is you had some ballers, didn't you? Oh, some yeah. proper ballers. Yeah. But there are a lot I remember watching, and I'm not a Celtic fan. I think you called Lou Ball Moravchek. Yeah. Phenomenal. Was, was he about 30? He, 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 he was about 35 when I got there. I think he was about 37 when he left. Um, but Zinedine Zidane, it's easy for me to say, Zinedine Zidane, he got asked the question, who's the best player you've ever played with? And you think who he played with Zidane. World Cup winners, Real Madrid, you know, top, top players. And he said Lou Ball Moravchek was the best player he played with. So at, then, who were yours? Who were yours? Who was the best player I played with? Yeah. See, I've just chucked that right you've, on you there. There's no just, research you've, you've, there. You've put that on me. I mean, Peter Beardsley. I played with Peter at uh, Newcastle and Bolton. Um, football brain was phenomenal, Peter Beardsley. Proper twinkle tolls, wasn't I it? I mean, left foot, right foot. He had like a jinxer, wasn't he? He's like... He could, just the way he, he moved his hips he could, and everybody bought it every time. He thread the eye of a needle. He yeah. could see a pass. He could, he could do everything. He, he worked hard. He'd defend. He'd tackle. 
proper player, but Henrik would be up there, Henrik Lawson oh, at Celtic. I mean, in terms of goal scoring, I mean, your crosses didn't have to be on the ball for, for Henrik to get on the end of it. If you, when you play with McGinley and John Horton, your crossing's got to be accurate because you know they're not moving. Oh, Pinpoint line. But, but with Henrik, Henrik, you could put it in an area and he'd get on the end of it. Oh, but, so you had uh, a bit of like leeway. Oh, I had a bit of margin for error with Henrik. But with this fella here, you had to put it on the money. So uh, you touched on that he John could jump, John, though. He could jump. Wasn't a great mover, but he could, he could spring like. Wouldn't you? Not now. Not now. You couldn't, <laughs> you, you couldn't get a newspaper under my feet now. <laughs> but you touched John Artson. He must have been a character. Sutton. Well, listen, I often say, I think in Celtic's history, I don't think they've had a three better strikers in, in one period at the club. Oh. Um, obviously, over the years, they've had world-class strikers. Um, even back to the Lions who won the European Cup in 67, you know. But at one given time, the three of them, um, difficult choice for Martin O'Neill to make. We'll pick two out of them. But As same as John, I've not done my research. Did, did they all three play together week in, week out? No. Not week in, week out, but when... When needed, so he could drop in to midfield or even centre half a few times, so so the gaffer could get Larson and Horton on the pitch together. I wonder who Larson's favourite partner was. I would, Sutton I, it's, or Hartson. It, it, it's, it's it's Sutton, I think. I think yeah. he's, he's he's said it in podcasts and right. interviews. It was it was Chris, but John was a talent. John, I mean, proper striker. Had a great career, though, wasn't it? But not just people say Big John this, Big John that. No, technically, John was extremely good striking the ball, heading it, control, bringing people in. He was a good player, John, very good. Scored a lot of goals, a lot of goals. It was a good mix at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, And, again, probably Big John doesn't get the credit he deserves at times, you know what I mean? Because he he was surrounded by good players. But going back to Larson, anybody could play with him. Yeah, Yeah. Absolutely anybody could play with him. I mean, Martin O'Neill often says it. He's the only player he's ever said this to. John, get warmed up. You're coming off. <laughs> <laughs> Which John was that, Tom? John Orton. All right. He never managed John McGinley. No. Yeah. No. Uh, he said, get warmed up. You're coming off. Brilliant. He was, I mean, good characters again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the dressing room's Aye. all about, characters. And Proper there was man. an abundance of characters. I mean, before John signed for Celtic, don't forget, he, he had a medical at Ibrox Did to it? sign that's for right. Rangers. He failed it, didn't he? Yeah. failed it, yeah, so... He said it was the best medical he ever failed, so, aye. Going back to that Celtic team, like I said, I were a mad football fan then, proper stats on everything. They're a centre-half. What a unit, but what a player. Bobo Baldi. Bobo. Bobo, Bobo Baldi. Bobo Baldi, yeah. What a unit he was. Oh, man, he was just a monster of a man. Six foot two, but solid and could run as well. You talk about DDA Gap being quick. Be a good race over what 100 yards, them That's two. some centre-half, Yeah, that? he was rapid. He was rapid. I mean, technically not very good, but, you know. I've heard he was a bit naughty. Who, but Bobo? discreet, yeah. Yeah, In yeah. like, um, if someone put one on on him, he will be finding a way to I get I don't think he back. would... He, he was one of them, Bobo, when you're warming up for training or before a game on the, on the pitch. He wanted to keep out his weight because he was that clumsy. <laughs> and his studs, his studs were like that microphone there, man. They were like that. Yeah, they had rugby studs. Oh, I probably if he stood on you, you knew about it. He was just clumsy. I don't think he was dirty. No, what I mean dirty is, I mean like if someone's put one on him, he'll keep quiet and in the tunnel coming in. Um, I'm not I heard this off someone else. The, 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 no, yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. there was you a Barcelona game, the, didn't he? Yeah, yeah something happened on the pitch just before half time, and it went on to in the tunnel. It was a uh, big motor, I think, from Barcelona. And I don't know what Mott was thinking because you don't mix with Bobo, like because he's he's a 
he's a mountain of a man. And uh, it did went on in the tunnel. And Bobo's put one on someone. He put Motta at Barcelona, I think he put one on him. And then the ref comes in both dressing rooms, sends off our goalkeeper. That's right, is yeah. it Rab Davis? Rab, that's Rab, all Rab, we're Rab trying to get Rab Douglas, yeah. Big Rab got sent off and it wasn't even Rab was in there trying to be the peacemaker and it was Bobo who... Because who was the captain then? It was it Jackie, Jackie McNamara, yeah. Did he just yeah. come in and go, yeah, Rab, that you're it. off? That was, that was it. The two captains got called into the referee's room and they, they said, number six for Barcelona, captain, take him off. And your number 21, I think Rab might have been. Um, yeah, you're off. So Jackie comes in and went, big man, you're off. Like that's a, Rab's like, wasn't me, wasn't me. So we had to make a sub goal in and yeah, mental. Aye, big bobo. Is that the game you scored the winner? Yeah, that was the game I scored the winner, yeah, so. What a volley that was. Aye. Left-footed volley. It wasn't easy, that, John, it wasn't no. easy, no. Yeah. Nope, you've signed the picture for me. Aye, that was a memorable night. And I got Ronaldinho's strip that night as well, so. Did you? Aye, yeah. What was that like, asking for a strip? Yeah. Well, you, you're thinking, just get in there early, aren't you? So he'd been he'd been took off for Barcelona and I'd come off for Celtic and so we were both on the in the dugout so I was just as soon as the whistle went boomf. so you knew what you were doing you are planned yeah uh, be, be interesting to speak to him now see if he's got the Thompson 8 strip up in his house you know did you hear that he hasn't... story about Steve Hodge who had the Maradona show oh, yeah he had it for years forgot yeah. about it and next week it's gone for like 5 or 6 million 7, seven million, million yeah. 7 million yeah, yeah. what will no. yours be worth now Tomo what the Ronaldinho one no yours if he's still got it oh that'll not be worth much Couple of quid. Worth more than 20 quid. Don't put yourself down. You can buy it off us for 20 quid if you want. Yeah. That's 40, all you know. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of shirts and okay, so you've got Ronaldinho's. What other big name shirts have you swapped and what did you have? Um, Nesta. Yeah. AC Milan. Um, Balak. Bayern Munich. Um, I got some good ones actually. Uh, Gerard. When we sell it, we won 2 0. Yeah. At um, Anfield, I uh, got Gerrard's that night. Uh, I got a Giggs Man United one, a Rooney Man United one. And I had some good ones. Good ones. Yeah. Wish I still had them. So like everything else. <laughs> well, I, I kept a few of them. I kept me. I kept me England shirt. I kept the Ronaldinho shirt. But after playing, sometimes you get some top, tough times in you. I had to punt them. So. So Celtic. Sad. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, you end up giving a lot away. I know, you give it's... so many away. The amount of strips you get to keep as a player, you know, Newcastle strips, Bolton yeah. strips, Villa, Celtic, you think, God, oh, I've had a handful of them now. Just one from each club, really, you know. So, but you do, you end up giving stuff away. Yeah. You do, it's mad. I'd imagine pride of place, though, is an England cap and the England shirt. Yeah, yeah, my England cap's from my mum and dad's house and uh, my lad's got me, me England one, so, aye. Pride of place, that. No, no mm. that's not going anywhere. No. That's mm. for sure. So, all the finals you played for Celtic, all the old firm games, what was your favourite final? Favourite final? Well, it's probably a love and hate one, being the UEFA Cup final in 2003. Just the run, the teams were beat to get there and and being in a major European final when no one expects you to be in there. That that would be my favourite one and least favourite one and, and the same, you know. There's always that bittersweet... Aye, isn't yeah, making I mean, the final and I mean, not we, getting the result. We go down to ten men, you know, and you're playing against a good Porto team who won the Champions League. Don't forget the following season. You go down to ten men against a good team. Mourinho, extra time. Mourinho, Deco, Derlo. They had some. They had some proper players. So um, 
Aye, it was it was a great achievement to get there, but we just fell short. What about the following in the atmosphere, though? What was it? The people say oh, eighty-five thousand. Some say a hundred thousand. There, yeah, Celtic I fans mean, just to took take, over to the place. To take that many people, to, you know, foreign country planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, eighty odd thousand, and not want to rest, tells you a lot about the fan base, you know. Does now that run? Do you remember each round you know you played? Um, get into the final. I most of them, yeah, yeah. When I don't want to be negative. When did your team start to thinking? Hello, there's a chance here, there's a chance. I think when we beat Liverpool in the quarterfinals, um, go to Anfield and we won 2-0. I think that's when you're thinking... Was that the second leg as well? Yeah, yeah. You scored in that game? Yeah, I scored it. Yeah. The cop end just before half-time, a free kick, and then John Orton scored an absolute worldy in the second half at the Anfield road end. So, But we didn't just go there and win 2-0. We deserved to win 2-0. Mm. We played well, played very well. So that was when you're thinking, aye, aye. Who did you have in the semis then? We played their Portuguese team, Boa Vista. Yeah. Um, which was nil-nil at Celtic Park. It, that game at Celtic Park and the, the second leg over in uh, Boa Vista, the, the two of the worst games I ever played in. But Henrik managed to nick a scrappy goal in the semi to get us to the, to the final. But Boa Vista, that's in Porto, isn't it? I think. It's in Porto, yeah. Is it? the Because they went bang. They went, something happened to them. They only just started coming back, that. yeah. Right. But is it the ground where they've got three stands? Is that right? Yeah, I think one side of it was like cliffs, I think. That's it, yeah. Like it's weird, it's like yeah. a, a cliff, yeah. 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 No, I think the ball just started coming back up oh, through the league. They went right. bang. Oh, I didn't realise that. Right. Yeah. Because they were flying at the back of the day, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Aye, big win. Huge win away from home. Mm -hmm. Probably people, some, well, a lot of people thinking probably the first game at Parkhead, nil-nil. Yeah. That's the that's the chance gone. Yeah. No, I mean, not so fancy going away from home. No. But like you said, with Henrik and the team... Always a chance. Always yeah. a chance. Always a chance. So, you lose the final. Did you win the league that year? Um, no. We ended up trophyless. We didn't win a cup that season. But, but what then, a season! But which is which is a failure. You know, we we, we lost the game on the, the the league on the last game of the season um, by a point. Is that and, the helicopters? Helicopters Sunday? Was uh, that with the trophy was in the I, sky. I'm not sure if that was that year or a, a, a couple of years down the line. Um, can you remember, John? It wasn't, wasn't Helicopter Sunday that I think it was not. We use a commander. Helicopter candy. Sunday was uh, Motherwell, and after Seville, we were at Kilmarnock. So Helicopter Sunday was another, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, was tough to get yourself up from a you know UEFA Cup final for the last game of the season, losing that, and then. But there's also some great memories, isn't there? First season, was it the treble? Yeah, know? that was that was huge. That was huge. That was. I mean, I think Celtic had lost the, the league the previous season before Martin O'Neill coming by double figures, points. So it was it was a big gap to close. And I think Martin famously said when, when he joined Celtic, I'll do everything I can to, to close the gap on, on the rivals. And uh, not only did he close the gap, he, de he delivered a treble on his first season. So that was some what achievement. What was he like as a manager? Was he, a good, oh, was he hands on on the training pitch? No, nothing, nothing like hands on on the training pitch at all. He let his coaches do the coaching and he just done the, uh, the man management side of it, you know, on and off. The, he was always at the training ground, don't get me wrong. Very rarely did he miss a day's training. He'd be late most days getting there, but he didn't miss training very often. But it was just his presence on the touchline just brought the training up the level. Best mm. manager you've ever played under? Martin, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he did look after you. He did, I yeah. mean, you have to have that respect that goes both ways, doesn't yeah. it? And yeah, I think you go down as... As one of the Celtic greats, you know, with Jock Steen obviously being number one, Martin would be number two, and then 
if Mr. Postacoglu, who's there now, keeps delivering trophies, he'd be he'd be a great as well. But Martin definitely be up there as a Celtic legend. Yeah, yeah well, Lennon's got to be up there. Considering yeah, the amount yeah, of Lenny's, trophies, Lenny's delivered, considering yeah. the amount of trophies yeah. he won, you yeah, know, he's got to be in consideration. Lenny, I mean, Brendan Rodgers delivered Brendan a lot Rogers. of trophies, even though Rangers were down the leagues for a lot of that time. Um, I know Brendan, he, he he upset, put a lot of noses out when he left to mm -hmm. go to Leicester, but uh, Brendan, he's won, delivered trophies as well. Good times, but they've got to come to an end, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, of course they do. Happens, happens to everyone. Takes over. Yeah, I think... Gordon's comes in and he looks at the team. He kept Lenny on board. Uh, Chris Sutton left. Stillian Petroff, who Stillian was a lot younger than us, so he had he had uh, money in him. You know, he went to Villa for for a good fee. But myself, John Artson, um, as I said, Sutty, we were moved on. And like you say, all good things come to an end. Is um, that hard though? Just for oh, of course for it be is. A, of course you'd be settled, is. happy. How old would you be then? I'd have been thirty three. Thirty three. So still got a lot to offer. Yeah, but if you said to me when I was sixteen. You'd be yeah. 33 or 34 when you stop playing. You know, I played for the clubs you've played, played for. for the clubs you played for and the nights I had and the memories I've got. I'm Is that normal hindsight? No, you can think like that, but at the time it's got to be wrenching. Oh, yeah, at the time, yeah. But looking back on it now, I had five or six seasons at, at, at Celtic where it was it was nothing but success. So, um, And it comes to an end and, and Gordon Strachan wanted us out or the chief executive, whoever it was, or a joint decision wanted us out then. Had to move on. Do you think Gordon's remit was obviously going into the job? Hartson, Thompson, Sutton. Yeah. There's a few quid on the wage bill there. Yeah. You know, time to move them yeah. on, bring some fresh I, in. I definitely think that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not nice at times because then there's a process in there of, of getting people out of the club as yeah. well. I yeah. know. And, and it, it doesn't happen overnight sometimes, like I said no. about the Villa one, it can linger on and on and on. And I think it, Chris Sutton lingered for a bit, didn't it? it that lingered for a bit and. Um, he went to Villa, I think. Mm. Did he go to Villa from there, Birmingham? But um, yeah, it was. Um, if it happened overnight, you know, it's cut and dried. But when you're sitting in the stands and you're not training with the first team, it's is that what happened? As, as just a, yeah, that's that's what that's what happened. Not not at Villa, it didn't. At Villa, I was always in and around training and stuff like that. But towards <laughs> the end, it felt like it was it was hard work. Yeah, so you weren't treated well, would you say? Um, or is that no, football? I, or is that bit, football? No, a bit, a bit yeah, of a no, lack of respect, really. Yeah, in a, in a way, I, I think for what I've what what done, I, I mean, yeah. but to be fair to Gordon, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was good about it, really. Although he didn't want me in his team, he didn't want me around his dressing room. He kind of said to us, "Look, you can come, you can come and be on the bench, or do you want to travel overnight and stay overnight if you're not going to play that type of thing?" So sometimes he left it with me, and and uh, no, I just. It would have been nicer to have finished in a, on a brighter note than how it did. Did you get yeah. a chance to say goodbye to the fans? No, I didn't. I didn't. I just uh, got the done the deal with Leeds and uh, get your boots and out the side door. So not ideal. Not didn't get a chance, and it would have been nice, but I didn't. Did you get a chance? No, no, no. It happens, though. I think you've just got to accept the fact it happens, Liam. Because again, I think the clubs on purpose don't want to make a big thing of it because it kind of makes them look mm -hmm. probably worse, if that makes sense. So they like yeah. you to go quietly out the back door and you're gone. You know what I mean? No no hurrah, nothing else. It's just on you go and that's it. Yeah. But you deserve better. Yeah. The three years deserve better mm -hmm. in my eyes, but uh, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, and, you know, three three players who give a lot over a long period of time, you know, mm -hmm. I think deserve better 
But uh, what, is that just know? the business football? It is the yeah. business, and it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. It's it's and it's it's not changed to this day. It's still the same. But again, moving from a big club in Celtic to another huge club in yeah. Leeds United. Yeah, it was Leeds is a great club. I mean, I was on loan I, initially. On loan for six months, and then uh, until my contract ran out at Celtic, and then I went for another season. So I had eighteen months there. So um, great club, great people. But it wasn't when Leeds were flying; it was when Leeds were having a mm. bad time. So I didn't say it. You know, Premier League Leeds when they had the likes of Viduka and Harry Kuehl and, and Alan Smith and those players. You know, so um, it was a, it was a different Leeds, but it was still you could see what a club it was. Yeah. Who was your manager? Took you in? Dennis Wise. Dennis. Dennis right? and Gus Poyer Gus was Poyer. his number two. Yeah, yeah, they were good, very good. The two of them together. Yeah. Yeah, they did well at Millwall, didn't they? Uh, Ken Bates was the chairman. That's another story. Yeah. But uh, but the, the two Dennis and Gus were great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Support, another, another fanatical support. Oh, yeah, yeah, mad fan base and uh, great. Away games, home games, they back you, but if you weren't pulling your weight, they'd let you know. Oh, yeah, good, knowledgeable crowd, you know. Did you still play in your favourite position as you got older? Um, like Leeds? No, it leads towards the end. I went more central. Whereas when I was a bit younger, I was on the left because I was a bit more agile, but towards the end at Leeds, I was more of a sitting more central. How did you find that? Loved it. Did Loved you? It. Yeah, getting on the ball and I linking the play and stuff like that and running yeah. the game. Mm. Aye. Could Using you have gone your experience? On? Yeah. I think I could have gone on. Uh, I went to Hartlepool for a month. Um, I was getting a lot of cough trouble injuries, so I was travelling from Newcastle to Weatherby, which is about 90, 95 mile, which isn't Doing the A1, isn't it, ideal. Right? Not it's not ideal before training, getting out of a car and jumping on the training ground. So and. Hartlepool trained up the road from where I lived in Newcastle, about 15 miles down the road in Durham. So I went to Hartlepool, played seven or eight games in a month. Dennis Wise left while I was out on loan, get, trying to get match fit. Went to Newcastle as director of football. Gary McAllister comes into Leeds as the manager and calls us back from Hartlepool because he'd seen I'd been played seven or eight games in the month. Went back to Leeds and got injured straight away again, my cough. So it was kind of like, that's me, I've had enough. Just couldn't. Is that what your body tells you it's time I or think, your head? I, I think it was my body saying, yeah, it's time. Because my head, I still, I could still do it. In hindsight, I got offered a job coaching at Newcastle. But should I have played on for another year? Gone to Hartlepool and just played for a year or two? Possibly, yeah, but... As a fan, you won't know, yeah, would you? I, I think some people know I when to quit. Some, I don't think some people do. I think some people know, and, and I think... In the back of your mind, you know it's coming towards the end. Yeah. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I've got to keep this going as long as I can because I know I'm a long time finished. Yeah. And you try and prolong it. And I think then the niggly injuries that start become more common. Yeah, and then they take longer more to heal. And you take longer to heal, longer to get over each yeah. injury. And, and you take and longer to get match fit. And for me, it was kind of like, do I, do I carry on playing and keep having the, the downside of being injured, which I hated, or... I got offered a coaching job at Newcastle, so I had to wear it up, and it was a chance, a chance to go back to Newcastle. I mean, you think yeah. about what you put your body through yeah. all your career, mm -hmm. and it, it, it starts to haunt you a little bit. And again, though, big decision, do I keep playing or do I move on to the coaching mm -hmm. side? And then you probably see the bigger picture thinking, well, that's now going to become yeah. my career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Newcastle, Yeah. this time with Kevin Keegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it yeah. like to work for Kevin Keegan? Um, great. It was. I was. I was doing the under 18s and then the under 23s. So the 18s were on a different site. If you know what I mean. The academy was right. that 
side of Benton and the first team were that side of Benton. So I didn't get to work with them an awful lot. You got to see them at games and stuff, of course you did, but um, so didn't get to see an awful lot of them really. And then he didn't last long after I went in. Right. Mm. So. Do you were there for a spell? Yeah. Started off at 18s. Yeah. Then moved up. Yeah. Reserves. Mm -hmm. Took the reserves, yeah. everything else. Then you've left. And there was a few weeks in between, then obviously the opportunity came to go back to Celtic. Yeah, uh, obviously Neil Lennon was a good teammate and then a mate of mine, so, and he, he always said to us, because um, he was he was doing the same job at Celtic what I was doing at Newcastle, the reserves at Celtic, or the 21s at yeah. the time, and he said, look, I've got a chance of getting this job, and if I do, I'd like you to come in as me coach. And the chance, I know it was another one, leaving Newcastle to go to Celtic, you know, leaving your hometown club, but... The chance of being under 21 coach at Newcastle, the first team coach at Celtic, knowing the club that like I did, it was a it was a no-brainer. So So that was the reason you left Newcastle then was obviously to go to Celtic. Yeah, yeah. Well, what had happened was um Cel Lenny had said to us, if I get the job, I want you to come in. And then Newcastle got wind of that and they they thought that I was being disloyal, but I, so Newcastle sacked us, that's how there was a couple of weeks till Lenny got the job at Celtic and then went in. Right. So yeah. yeah. There you go. So in the Celtic, kind of the other side, obviously as a player, was the pressure any different going in on the coaching side? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, Lenny would probably say that as the manager, but I think as the coach for me, it was it was not a lot different to the player, coach, you know, that kind of role. It was, it was intense, but then his pressure would have been different yeah. level as the manager to what it was as a player, no doubt, because you've got to deal with players, press, whatever else he was dealing with up there. So um, there was still pressure, but no different for me as it was as a player. You had a fantastic spell initially mm -hmm. to start with. Got off to a great start, really. Was the coaching side what you expected? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it for me, um, getting out. And I'd always wanted to do it. Even when I was still playing, I started doing my coaching badges. So, and to go back... To there at a club that I'd won trophies with as a player to go back there and do it as a coach as well was was an absolute privilege and I think the the season we won the first one uh, that was the first of nine in a row you know so that was um, paid a little part in that yeah mm -hmm. had you had kept your place in Glasgow or did you have to start all from scratch again I started off from scratch again yeah because when I left Glasgow to go to Leeds I sold up then and moved back to Newcastle, so I had to start over again. With all the family back and yeah. everyone else and then back, back again. Aye, aye. It's, uh, it just shows that's football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like up sticks and move. Yeah, and travelling all the time and moving house and yeah. what have you, so not ideal. What was it like winning an all-firm match as a coach than a player? Um, as a coach, it was a relief, yeah, because I think there's more burden on your shoulders, you know what I mean? Um, as a as a player, you enjoyed it after the game in the dressing room. But sometimes, as a coach, you just sat back. You know, thank God for that. Well, the I... work we've done through the week, all the prep, because the hours as a coach is completely different to the hours as a as a as a player. Is no it? doubt. So there's some well, amount of preparation goes into games, not just on home games. Because I think no one listening here will have a clue at this time. As a, as a coach, you're in at seven off seven sometimes earlier. And then you might not get home till eleven at night if you if you've been out watching games midweek and stuff like that. So it can it can just completely take over your life as a coach. Um, whereas a player, you can be sat on the couch by half one two o'clock. Do you know what I mean? So you it, it's 
as a player, you're obviously encouraged to rest and recover and all that. As a coach, it's full on. You, you give the players days off as a coach, but predominantly as a coach or a manager, on your on the players' days off, you're still in, getting prepped for the next game. So it's just completely different playing to managing, completely different or coaching. How are you like managing like the young lads coming up who reminded you of yourself back in the day? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's great when you work with young kids and then you see them getting into the first team. There's a great reward about doing that, um, knowing that you've had a part in getting them to that level. So, no, I just enjoyed coaching. And I came to an end on it and then moved on to Ventures New. Aye, I went to a few other clubs after that, yeah, but nothing the size of Celtic. So. You were, we're not Birmingham? Birmingham they? for a spell, doing the 23s, Blackpool, Bury. Um, John done a little bit of scouting for us at Blackpool. Blackpool, uh, yeah. You went in, it was Lee Clark, Lee Clark, Birmingham, yeah. Lee Clark, Blackpool, Lee Clark, yeah. Bury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, going into Bury, I suppose at that time, Bury were on a bit of a slide as it was yeah, it financially. Was, uh, it, was it, tough, it was a tough, yeah, it was, tough yeah. gig, really. It was tough, yeah. But in saying that, you know, I'm surprised you never kicked on mm -hmm. on that side as a coach because mm -hmm. I know you're a good coach and I know, you know, the next best thing. To being a player is to be a coach because you're involved in the dressing room. Yeah. You've got that banter and everything, mm. and you're, you're huge on that. I mean, yeah. you love the banter. You're the, yeah, I love being around you're the dressing room. You're the main instigator. Room. No, I, I love being around good people and dressing mm. room banter and, and you know, uh, something that doesn't leave you, that I don't think. Even even all the players who I know now who are 20, 30 years older than me, and I see a lot of ex-players um, doing what I do now, go to functions and stuff, and... Even at that age when they're getting old, that seventy plus, they've still got that dressing room humour, which doesn't leave you, you know. It's it is genuinely the one thing you miss. Yeah, it is yeah. honestly. Mm -hmm. the, you tell me a job where you're rushing to get in in the morning in case yeah. you miss anything, yeah. in case you miss a story, and, so you're flying and, in the oh, morning for the gossip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, is it as good as gossip? Oh. But it's like we 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 had a, a get together at Bolton a couple of months ago. John organised it, and the turnout there must have been fifteen to eighteen players from. The squad that the squad we played in, yeah, and 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 some of them you hadn't seen for 15, 20 years, but you just click straight back into yeah. it, which is you. And I was saying to me, Mrs. She hadn't met a lot of these lads, and I was like, Do you know what? Some of these lads I haven't seen for 15, 20 years, and it's like you just seen them yesterday. Yeah. You just click straight back into them. It's so that's like a bond you had back in the day. Um, it's something that never think, leaves you. Yeah, and that's not just. Is that's that where going out having a couple of pints and bonding? No, I just think you've shared, you've it. just spent a lot of time together travelling on the pitch. You've looked after each other's backs and stuff like that, you know. It doesn't leave you, right? And as you said, because of the times you've shared, because of your putting your bodies on the line and, and you know, we've all helped each other and everyone else. It's it's an affiliation and an affinity you never lose. Mm -hmm. And do you know what? As you get older, you appreciate it even more. Yeah. yeah. You do. You do. And I think, you know, you we had that dinner, it was the twenty-fifth mm -hmm. anniversary. From winning the championship, last game at Burnham Park, and moving to the Reebok. 25 years. 25 years. Where's that yeah. 25 years yeah. gone? But, yeah. I, like you said... Well, I got them for a time, will not I? To meet up... But I even think, not even players you've played with when you bump into ex-players, yeah. whether it's on holidays or at a game or whether yeah. it's at a function, people who you've never even played with, who you've not met before, you just... You it's still respect. Yeah, it's... Because it, it takes... It's, it's a tough job. It's a good job. It's a rewarding job. Um... And do you know what? There's not many of when you look at it. Mm. There's not many about is there? Mm. As as silly as it may seem, there's only a very very small percentage actually make it to yeah. be a footballer. Mm -hmm. And so when you do meet up, you do have that because you know what they've been through. Yeah, the same yeah. as you. It's, it's hard work, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Tom. So you've wrote a book. Where yeah. can people get that? 
Um, uh, Jory Boy, it's on Warcry Publishing um, or Amazon. So, yeah, done it last year. So it's well, just over twelve months now since it's been released. So now it was it was interesting. Is there a good read, John? Doing your research and that. By the way, he didn't read the news. He didn't read the SEOD. Straight to Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, I'm, I don't read books, right? By the way, and, and it is a cracker. It's a great book. It really is. I took it on holiday and I couldn't put it down. It was fantastic. Took him, he was on all little six months. Yeah. <laughs> no, put me to sleep a couple of times, but it was all right. <laughs> Tom, we always put a donation to charity. Have you got one in mind? Um, what, a donation? Aye. Well, you can just put it in for us. And we're going to put some else. What charity? Um, put it to the Alzheimer's Fund. Right, no problem. I'm going yeah. to finish with my rapping. What are we going to call I'm it right. again? John's 15. Shit. John's quick 15. Right, Alan. John's rapid fire 15, okay? Yes or no answers? The majority of them. <laughs> we'll start again. We'll start again. No, I'll leave that in. Come on. No, no, we'll You've start again. We'll start again. Oh, no, 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 we're right. leaving it in. Anyway, Alan. John's rapid fire fifteen. Alan. Yes. Never called Tom, that oh, before. I know. I know. It's a bit, it's a bit posh. Oh, that, yeah, really. Then. Okay. Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. Nice one. The Open or the Masters? The Open. Tea or coffee? <sighs> Not a big fan of either, but coffee. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Glasgow or Newcastle? What for? Night out. Newcastle. Favourite golfing holiday destination? Portugal. Favourite golf course played? Kings Barnes. Lowest round? Six over. Nice one. Best stadium played in? How long have you been that? 14 my ass. Best stadium played in? Anfield. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Favourite car? Uh, Porsche 911. Hamden Park or Wembley Stadium? Wembley. Burnden Park or the Reebok? Oh, tough to split. Burnden. Best goal scored? Um, one against Rangers. Well, there was seven. Wow. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry, your, I just saw that in. Take your pick. No, 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 the one off the ball against Rangers. Brilliant. But 25, 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah, remember it. Good stuff. Marvellous. Alan Thompson, thank you very much indeed. Anyway, Tom, thanks yes. very much. No, Nothing thanks, lads. And, Cheers. Uh, good luck in the future, pal. Thank you. Top man. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.